0: Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Friday. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week and that you are excited about the weekend. Now, on Fridays on Relatable, we typically have an interview. Today, we don't have an interview. We are going to talk about Super Tuesday and everything that happened there, and we're going to analyze some of it. And I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of my of my take on it. And then if we have time, I'm going to talk about the monologue that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gave in Congress about religious liberty and why, from my perspective, from a constitutional perspective, she is wrong. So on Super Tuesday, it's Friday, so you probably already know what happened, and I don't want to repeat you know, all the analysis that you've probably already heard at this point. But uh, Joe Biden obviously had a wonderful night. He had a much better night than was expected. And he took, I think it was nine states and Bernie Sanders only had three. And when uh, I was actually looking at this research, they were still counting California, but it's projected that delegate rich California is going to go to Bernie Sanders, which is really no surprise. If we look at the demographics of who actually voted for whom, so young uh, young voters vote for the most part for Bernie Sanders. Young people just really like Bernie Sanders. Ages like 18 to 35 are in love with Bernie Sanders. That's true if you're white, black, Latino. I'm looking at the 538 blog that actually broke down these demographics. Uh, but uh, black voters that are older, so not 18 to 35, but the generation ahead of that and then the generation's ahead of the younger generations, are voting for Bernie Sanders. So, sorry, are voting for Joe Biden. They don't like Bernie Sanders. They're not really apparently a fan of socialism. They like Joe Biden. It's really just young voters. And then older white voters, mostly white voters, vote for Bernie Sanders. And I always think this is funny. Like, the left... They fancy themselves this intersectional, multi-ethnic coalition in which all, in their words, the people of color are joined arm in arm against this national and international threat of white people and white supremacy. But that's not really That's First of all, that's not an accurate depiction of what the left is or what the Democratic Party is. There is all kinds of racism and discrimination and bigotry against all different kinds of groups. Unfortunately, this is just a tragic part of human nature and being on the left certainly doesn't make you immune from that. That's not something that the left wants to talk about. But they also don't want to talk about that the group that is most liberal, that is most in line with far left policies happen to be white people, like older white people, college educated white people are much farther to the left on every social, cultural, moral, and political issue typically than the other groups are. And uh, whites, well-educated people tend to really like Elizabeth Warren. They tend to really like uh, Bernie Sanders. I just think that that's interesting to note. The left fancies themselves, uh, you know, praising diversity a lot more than the right does. And maybe that's true in some cases, Uh, but they've got three, their three front runners, all their front runners are white, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. Of course, I don't think that's disqualifying. I don't even think that's really important to note, but for a side that constantly talks about race, that constantly talks about the importance of being racially diverse, but having no diversity of thought whatsoever, All of their contenders are white, and their top two contenders are white, cisgendered, straight, male millionaires. But... I digress. So these are the front runners. Biden has made a comeback that we just didn't think was going to happen. I think I said a couple weeks ago that Biden is out. That he's done. He finished in 4th place in Iowa, I think it was, and then 5th place in New Hampshire. I mean, after that, you're just like, okay, that's it. He was seen as the unrivaled front runner for a long time. We said that this is the only guy that is moderate enough, that is appealing enough to people in the middle of the country that could possibly be Donald Trump. We looked at the field. We said, okay, Kamala Harris ain't going to do it. Beto not going to do it. Bernie Sanders not going to do it. Joe Biden is probably the only guy that's going to be able to appeal to some of the people that Liked Donald Trump because he said, "I'm going to defend the common man." And then, for whatever reason, the people who have been disappointed and still felt like they have been left out of Donald Trump's coalition and Donald Trump's policies, that those people might vote for Bernie Sanders or might vote for Joe Biden. Uh, But then. The debates happened, and it turns out that Joe Biden can't talk. And I don't mean to be rude. I actually haven't really jumped on the whole Joe Biden is decrepit bandwagon because I think it's mean. Like it feels like a. ad hominem attack, and I don't want to, uh, there are so many things, there are so many reasons to oppose Joe Biden. I mean, he truly is a radical leftist. He's not a moderate, and we'll get to more of that in a second, that I haven't wanted to attack him too much for his inability to be able to speak well. And the debates, he just he just didn't do a good job. It, it seemed like he would say to himself beforehand, you know, he'd give himself a pep talk in the mirror and he'd say, OK, Joe, you got to do this. You got to do this well. You really got to have energy. You got to get it together. And then he would do that for like the first 30 or so seconds of the debate. And then he would just fall apart. He would give away the rest of his time. He would get confused about where he was, what he was saying. He would just kind of lose track of his thoughts. And it was very obvious that he wasn't going to be the front runner anymore, or at least it seemed that way. Bernie Sanders did pretty well at the debates. Elizabeth Warren did okay at the debates. But really, Bernie Sanders was emerging as not only the most energetic candidate, but the person with the most energy behind him. And we've talked about the dangers of that. I mean, this guy is not just a far leftist, but he is a self-proclaimed democratic socialist. That does not mean he's a social democrat. He's not just a guy who wants social programs. If you go back and you listen to Bernie Sanders throughout his political history, which has spanned like 40 years at this point, the guy is old and he's lived off the taxpayer his entire career. If you go back and you listen to the positions that he has held and that he has never once renounced, he loves communism. He is very warm towards communism at the very least. And I think at in his heart of hearts, like at his core, Bernie Sanders is a communist. Now, he probably knows that the term communist doesn't have good PR attached to it at this point in history, considering the track record of hun- hundreds of millions of people that have died at the hands of communist regimes. And he knows Amer- he knows America just isn't for that quite yet. But if he could own up to the fact that he is a communist and he's been a lifelong communist, I think he would. I mean, he holds to all of the core communist tenets in his heart of hearts, as is seen throughout his history. And we've talked about the dangers of that. But he is promising this moral revolution. Like, he is promising to overtake the establishment. He's a part of the establishment in a lot of ways. By the way, like I said, he has been a lifelong politician. This is not some outsider coming in the way that Donald Trump was or the way that other candidates have been. This guy has been living off the taxpayer dollar forever, off of your hard-earned money that you earned by you know having a job something that Bernie Sanders has never really had he has lived off that his entire adult life and uh, he is acting like he is this outsider coming in to break down the political establishment that he has been a part of longer than most people listening to this podcast longer than I have been alive Uh, but it's very appealing when he talks about uh, fighting for the poor and defending the least of these of course he doesn't use the language of the least of these because he is i Sure, biblically illiterate. The guy is an agnostic at best, probably an atheist. I know people talk about him being Jewish. He talks about him being Jewish uh, despite uh, having people uh, having anti Semites on his campaign and stump for him, like Linda Sarsour and Ilhan Omar. He talks about being proud of being Jewish, but he knows he is not particularly religious. At least Mike Bloomberg comes out and says, Yeah, sure, I was born Jewish, but I'm not a religious guy. Like, I appreciate that kind of honesty. But Bernie Sanders, he is trying to win, of course, every vote that he can possibly win. And that's what every politician does. But we know that for the most part, he is anti-Israel and he is, like I said, campaigning with anti-Semites. And so he has no uh, credibility there's no credibility that we know of to his claim that he is actually a practicing Jew or that he is religious at all, or that he even believes in God. He obviously believes that God has no place in the public space at all. He has been anti-religion and anti-having religion in the public arena for a long time. There's a reason why, according to the Pew study that we talked about a few weeks ago, about all. I think it's like 85% of atheists uh, support Bernie Sanders and a large majority of agnostics as well. And then if you look at the people who are religious and who they support, very few of them uh, proportionately, go for Bernie Sanders. I mean, there's a reason why godlessness and communism, godlessness and big government always go hand in hand. That's why I said if you are a Christian who supports Bernie Sanders, you should probably ask yourself why your worldview aligns with almost every atheist in the entire country. So anyway, I've talked about the dangers of Bernie Sanders, and I do think that he would be a dangerous nominee. And I haven't wanted him to be the nominee, even though even though I do think that he would make my job and the job of other conservative political commentators really fun and exciting and really easy for the next few months because his entire life, his entire career has given us so much content. I mean, in a lot of ways, like this is what a lot of conservative commentators have just been waiting for, like a solid case to make and an obvious case, a personified case uh, against communism. I mean, I guess he's the personified case for communism because of what he believes in the policies. That he puts forward, but for us to have the opportunity to say, okay, uh, here's what communism is, here's what far left of leftism is. If you're not comfortable with me calling him a communist, a socialist, whatever it is, it's all bad. It's all far leftist, It's all big government. It's none of it has ever worked. So for us to have the opportunity to talk about how terrible democratic socialism is, for us to talk about how terrible of a candidate he is, how terrible of a president he would be, to be able to tell you why communism is bad, why it's anti-God, why leftism is anti-God. He is a representation of the most extreme parts of the left, and so it would be so easy to make our case for why he would be dangerous. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't beat Donald Trump or that he wouldn't beat Donald Trump, but there would be a, ton of enth- uh, of enthusiasm a ton of energy on the right against bernie sanders not even necessarily for donald trump although it would translate into enthusiasm for donald trump but against bernie sanders i mean you would have people talking about politics who have never talked about politics before you would have people caring about politics who have never cared about politics before because for the most part even though the country is getting farther to the left further to the left unfortunately especially among the younger generations When most Americans hear the word communist, their ears perk up and not in a good way. I mean, they have really bad thoughts about what communism is. They think about Pol Pot. They think about every uh, totalitarian regime that they have ever known. They think about violence. They think about destruction. They think about death. They think about suffering. They think about the abolition of the family, which goes hand in hand with communism. They think about the abolition of or the attempt at abolition of religion, which goes hand in hand in communism. And most people, especially people that are a part of families, don't want that. Like they like the freedom to make the money that they want to make most. Most people like their health care as well. They don't want single payer health care. Most people don't want to be punished for their success. Uh, most people don't want the abolition of the family. Like most people don't believe that their child belongs to the state, which communism does believe. And so we would be able to make that case, especially for Christians, especially for Christians that sure, you might not like some of the things that Trump has to say, but You're not going to vote for a communist, right, guys? Like, you're not going to vote for a socialist. Let's just take a walk down memory lane real fast and to to see how communism, how socialism, how totalitarianism has worked out for us. So that would be a very, I I don't want to say fun thing for the right to be able to do, but the right would be extremely invigorated. Like we would be able to say, I'd be able to say on this podcast, if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, and I'm talking to a lot of you suburban Christian moms who you find you are conservative, but you have bought into this idea that uh, Donald Trump is the worst of the worst, that he is this racist, sexist bigot and that you can never vote for him and that your conscience and that your faith, you know, makes you not want to vote for him. There are a lot of well-meaning, I think well-intentioned, honest, Christian, otherwise conservative, uh, suburban moms who just don't like Donald Trump. There are a lot of you I know who love Donald Trump, but there are a lot of you who don't like Donald Trump. You're not comfortable with Donald Trump and a lot of Christian women who would consider voting Democrat because they think, okay, Democrat means more compassion for people. Not true. It means a better immigration policy. Not true. It means social justice, which we can talk about, which we have talked about many times why social justice isn't justice. But maybe you've bought into the idea that uh, voting for a Democrat would be more compassionate. For all of those people out there, I think that thought, that idea, that line of thinking would go out the window if Bernie Sanders were the nominee because we would be able to lay out a clear picture of how detrimental that would be for your family, for your children, for your child's education, for your health care, for your 401k, for the money that you are making or your husband is making, uh, for your life. We would be able to make that case very easily, and I don't think that Bernie Sanders would be able to get the people in the middle. I don't think that they he would be able to get the people who are conservative but just don't want to vote for Donald Trump but might vote for someone like Joe Biden. I just don't think that he would be able to get those people because I would be able to say, for example, and a lot of other commentators would be able to say, as I'm talking to, for example, uh, these Christian women who don't like Donald Trump, I would say, okay, so Donald Trump is like, if you want to go with the metaphor, I guess it's a simile because I said like, um, is, he's like a, he's like a bologna sandwich. Okay. So you're really hungry. You got two options to eat. You got this bologna sandwich on white bread, cold mustard. That could be Donald Trump. I'm talking about the people who don't like Donald Trump. Obviously for uh, people who love Donald Trump, you see him as a, you know, a a filet mignon, you see him as rotisserie chicken, whatever, you know, fits your fancy. But if you don't like Donald Trump, but you're really hungry and you've got two options, because when it comes to the general election, it is a, a binary election. It you've got two options. You've got a Republican and you've got a Democrat. At least that's how it is for now. So if you don't like Donald Trump, you might see him as a bologna sandwich. Like you don't, you don't really like bologna. Like you don't crave bologna sandwiches unless you've got some weird pregnancy craving. You're never like, mm, you know what I need right now is a bologna sandwich. And you would never choose it. If you had any other option, you would never choose it. Unless that other option is bat soup from Wuhan, China. Like then you might be like, okay, that, that, that bologna sandwich sounds really good right now. Bernie Sanders is the bat soup from Wuhan, China. So that would be the case that I would be able to make to you if Bernie Sanders was the nominee and I and a lot of other political commentators I guarantee you would so effectively and successfully get the people in the middle to take that baloney sandwich to to get the people who don't like Donald Trump but would never vote for a communist to get the people to take the baloney sandwich and not eat the bat soup from Wuhan because they know it's bad for them and they know it's probably bad for everyone else around them too so That would be the case if Bernie Sanders were the nominee. We would be enthusiastic. We would be invigorated. We would be able to make this awesome case about why America is actually great, why capitalism is good, why free markets are good, and it it would be good. Now, the danger in having Bernie Sanders be the nominee is that he actually does have a chance and maybe a pretty good chance at beating Donald Trump. And then, I'm sorry for lack of a better term, sorry to be crude, we're screwed. Uh, We're screwed. Then we've got a communist, as our president. Now, I do think that Republicans would uh, have both chambers of Congress and that maybe he wouldn't get a lot done, but I guarantee you the Overton window would definitely move. Now we've just normalized socialism. We've normalized having a guy who identifies as a socialist as our president. Then it becomes not as much of a naughty word. Then it becomes something that is a little bit more normal, maybe even a little bit more glorified. Then we start adding socialist ideas into our rhetoric. And I don't, Think it's good at all, even if he were not able to get as much done as he wanted done. And his administration, his cabinet would be so insanely radical, so insanely far left, so insanely anti American as he has been his entire political career. It's not it's hard to even fathom or to articulate right now just how terrible it would be for the country if Bernie Sanders became the president. And we've talked about why many times on this podcast and if he is the uh, if he is the nominee, we'll spend the next eight months doing the same thing. But uh, that is the risk for Bernie Sanders becoming the president that, yes, it would be fun to make the case against him, but then he could become the president. And that would be really bad for everyone, really bad for everyone in every single section of the country. And so the question is, is that really a risk that we want to take? I do think that Trump would beat Bernie Sanders, but I do think Bernie Sanders has a fighting chance. Like we've already said, he invigorates a lot of people. He invigorates the youngest people in the country. He has a lot of energy behind him. I mean, the Bernie bros, they have a reputation for being bullies, for being mean, for being cruel online, but they got a lot of energy. They love Bernie Sanders and they don't really like any other candidate except for Bernie Sanders. In fact, they demonize all other Democrats. I don't even think they view themselves as Democrats. They see themselves as Bernieites, as, as Bernie bros, whatever it is. Uh, so he has the ability for a really old guy who really has never done anything and really never says anything, he has the ability to rally the troops, not the literal troops because he thinks America is a wrongly militarized industrial complex, whatever phrase he uses, uh, but rally the proverbial troops. He has the ability to get people excited about his campaign. And even though I think that he and his ideas are extremely detrimental to America, he has the ability to win people over and his moral revolution, even though his promises are empty, even though they are, uh, not just empty, but they are counterproductive to American prosperity and, uh, American uh, and just American well-being, welfare, Uh, not literal welfare, because he likes that. But again, um, in another sense, it's counterproductive to the things that would make America great and, and keep America great. On the other hand, we've got Joe Biden. Joe Biden, I think, could win People that would not vote for Bernie Sanders. So there are people who would vote for anyone against Donald Trump, except for Bernie Sanders. Like Bernie Sanders is just a step too far for them. Like they're not going to vote for a communist or a socialist, but they'll vote for pretty much anyone else. Like they would have voted for Buttigieg. They would have voted for Amy Klobuchar. They would have voted for heck, probably even better or work. But uh, they won't vote for Bernie Sanders. But Joe Biden is compared to Bernie Sanders, like very unoffensive. He's just a noodle. He's just a noodle. That's all he is. He's a noodle. And so, people who hate Donald Trump, who believe that either Donald Trump is a dangerous president, he's a threat to our republic, actually, they say democracy, a threat to our democracy, whether they're conservative or liberal, they just hate Donald Trump. I think they would vote for Joe Biden because he just doesn't seem as extreme as Bernie Sanders so that's the danger with Joe Biden and he's not going to make the right as enthusiastic I don't think to make a case against leftism as Bernie Sanders is because he's not quite as extreme if that makes sense now I do think that there are a lot of people who are energized for donald trump and i do think that donald trump will beat joe biden i do simply because joe biden well there's a lot of reasons i think for the most part trump has been a good president so he's a lot of successes to be able to point to and joe biden just really doesn't but uh, joe biden he can't talk okay he can't talk He's losing. He's losing it. And like I said, I I don't really like to point this out. I don't like the dementia jokes. I didn't like it when people did that to Donald Trump. I thought it was rude and I never thought it was true about Donald Trump. I always thought that was crazy. And I don't like jokes about that, about Joe Biden. At this point though, guys, it's not, it's not a joke. Like it's not a joke anymore. he, doesn't seem to be able to finish his sentences. He doesn't seem to be able to recall very simple information. And I understand that sometimes I totally do. Like I've lost my train of thought in a speech. I've lost my train of thought on this podcast. I've lost my train of thought on TV. I've lost my train of thought. I mean, it happens. It happens to everyone. Everyone misspeaks everyone. Even I would say if you're traveling a lot, you might forget where you are. You might say you're in one state when you're really in another state, but this happens all of the time it seems like all of the time and not just that he's slurring his words and that does seem to happen to him a lot unfortunately but he completely forgets what he is going to say not just in debates but also in rally speeches so I'm going to play you this clip you've probably seen it by now of him trying to you know rally his people and say a a line that I think most of us probably know by heart we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. So that was just one example. One example of many examples of Joe Biden just not being able to get it together. After he uh, had a great night on Super Tuesday, he confused his wife and a sister. Now, that could have been innocent. People were making a big deal about that on Twitter. That could have been an innocent mistake. He said that they had you know switched places behind him. But he grabbed his wife's arm and said, this is my sister. But then he corrected himself. So I don't want to point out, Gaff, where there aren't really gaps, where it was just an honest mistake. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's hard to tell. And President Trump, being who he is, is not not going to let up on that. What I'm afraid of though, because Trump is such an attack dog, and he is not, uh, he's not scared to go after people. He's not scared to hit people where it hurts. He's not scared to go below the belt. Like he's got no qualms with that at all. He's got no rules about where you can and can't punch. Like he's just going to go for it. I do wonder if that is going to draw sympathy, especially from women uh, towards Joe Biden and make Trump look more malicious than is actually helpful for I'm always thinking of the suburban moms and so that's who I'm thinking about the suburban moms who already don't like Trump's crassness who already don't like the fact that he's crude who already don't like the fact that he's a little bit too harsh that he kicks people when they're down I'm not sure if that strategy for beating up Joe Biden because of his apparent um lack of mental faculties. I'm not sure if that's going to be an effective strategy for the people who don't like Trump because he's already too aggressive. Maybe he doesn't care about that. Maybe it's going to be an effective enough strategy overall, but Trump is going to absolutely dominate. Dominate Joe Biden at the debates because Joe Biden he can't talk. Like I've said probably four times now. He can't talk. He doesn't have it together. He doesn't seem to be able to even properly articulate a platform. Now, Bernie Sanders can't really do that either in a specific way, but he can say, you know, I believe in Medicare for all. I believe that billionaires should pay their fair share. I believe in uh, free college. Like I can even list someone who doesn't listen to Bernie Sanders that much. I can list what I know Bernie Sanders believes in and the policies that he believes in. I can't tell you one thing that Joe Biden actually believes in, rather than just like your boilerplate Democrat stuff. I mean, he did say that he was going to put, um, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke, in charge of guns. Now, Beto O'Rourke said that he believed in confiscating guns, so that's not very that's not very comforting. But I don't know what Joe Biden's platform is. So the other thing about Joe Biden is that while I do think that he could probably get some of those people who are on the fence who are conservative, but they don't like Donald Trump, like those moms that the, those women who are conservative, but they just think Donald Trump is just too much for them and maybe even immoral. They've been convinced by people that they need to be a Democrat to believe in social justice and all of that craziness. I, I do believe that those people would vote for Joe Biden. But Joe Biden is not going to energize what is a growing portion of the Democratic Party that is the far left. Like, they're not going to get Bernie bros out to vote. They're not going to get the people who support the Ilhan Omars and the AOCs. And I don't think that's a a huge number of people. It's uh, blown up. It's amplified by the media and even by conservative commentators to just show what actually exists on the left. But he's going to have a hard time energizing young people as well, because, again, he doesn't really have a platform. He doesn't have really that magnetic energy. I was going to say maybe he did at one point, but he's run for president several times and he's never been successful. Like, I don't think he even won a Democratic primary when he was running before. So this is this is apparently Joe's time. And I don't think he's going to have the Joe-mentum in a general election to be able to win over the young people that are needed to beat Donald Trump that Bernie Sanders can't. So there are some gives and takes with both candidates becoming the nominee. Uh, Mike Bloomberg is done. He won, I think, uh, American Samoa. So that's interesting, interesting. Um, But yeah, he's done. I mean, the guy spent hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of his own money on ads, on ad campaigns, and it was utterly unsuccessful. The fact of the matter is, is that Mike Bloomberg isn't different enough from donald trump to get the support of democrats but he's also not donald trump so he's not going to get the support of conservatives or moderates or republicans like it's just the the democratic party at this point doesn't want anyone like that like they don't they don't care about executive experience they don't care about managerial experience i don't even think they care democrats don't care about uh, business experience or anything like that. Like they just want someone who represents their ideals, and I I think that Joe Biden as innocuous as he might seem, as, you know, milk toast as he might seem. I mean, he is still a radical leftist, not as far left as Bernie Sanders, but he still believes in health care for all, not Medicare for all, which I would say is a, a good thing. But he believes in building on Obamacare. He also believes in taxpayer funded abortion through all nine months. So he believes in repealing the Hyde Amendment, which says that taxpayer dollars cannot go directly to funding abortions. He believes that taxpayer dollars, you're in my heart, hard-earned money should be directly funding abortions through all nine months without restriction. So he's still a radical. like He's still someone that Christians shouldn't vote for. But all I'm saying is that it's hard for me to decide. It's hard for me to decide uh, which, which candidate would be better going against Donald Trump. On the one hand, we've got an easy and a strong case to make against the communists bernie sanders but really scary if he becomes president joe biden i we obviously saw the strong case to make against him the democratic party and leftism but it's not quite as um his flaws aren't quite as overt as bernie sanders the communist it's a little bit of a harder case to make for people who would vote for a noodle over donald trump but wouldn't vote for bernie sanders if that makes sense But I also so he definitely, I think, has a little bit of a higher chance of beating Donald Trump than Bernie Sanders, as I think just because he would get people in the middle of the country. And there are a lot of anyone but Trump people that would vote for him, but wouldn't vote for Bernie Sanders. Um, And I don't think I don't think it would be as scary if Joe Biden became president. So that's kind of the trade-off there. I don't think it would be as scary. I don't want him to become president, obviously. Uh, and he would be, for lack of a better term, I'm not trying to be rude, but he would be seen by the Democratic Party as a useful idiot. So even if he is not as far left as Bernie Sanders, like they're still going to push for as radical of things as they possibly can through Joe Biden. So even if he's not seemingly as scary as Bernie Sanders, like his presidency would still be a disaster for the country. He is still a far leftist, but a little bit harder to point that out in the way that it is for Bernie Sanders, who has been so overt about his radicalism forever. So that's kind of that's kind of where I stand. That's my analysis of all that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. As always, I will keep you guys up to date. Feel free to send me your thoughts. On Monday, I'm going to answer some of your questions. So we're going to be talking about biblical things. We're going to be talking about personal things, relationship things, professional things things, all that good stuff. And I will be back here on Monday for that. You don't want to miss this episode. It's really fun. And there's a lot, a lot of good content that's applicable and relatable to you. Of course, it's relatable. That's the title of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. I will see you back here on Monday.